0: Story time.
2: My story happened three years ago in 2018. I witnessed something large and canine crossing 6th Street near Canal Street in Milwaukee, right by the bridge near the Harley Museum. It moved on all fours and appeared to be carrying something in its mouth. I speculated it might have been a Canadian goose because the creature seemed to struggle as if it was trying to escape. The area is situated next to the water, so it could have easily caught a goose. This incident occurred at around 2.30 in the morning on January 9th. The creature appeared to move awkwardly on all fours, and I observed it when it was halfway across the road. It disappeared under the bridge after passing the bridge railing. I continued past that spot, turned my car around, and drove through the parking lot beneath the bridge, but I couldn't find anything. This sighting dates back to the fall of 1992. A friend and I were driving back to Fairbanks from Anchorage. I was driving her 1980 Dodge D-50 truck. These trucks sit very low to the ground, and it was late at night, just as we were about to reach the tourist area of Denali Park. It wasn't winter yet. Just before a corner, my headlights illuminated something sitting on the yellow line in the middle of the road. The lights on this truck were grossly out of adjustment, so they were pointing right at the object. It was sitting in the middle of the road with its legs pulled up to its chest and its arms folded over its knees. Its head was between its arms, looking toward the ground. It had long, human-like hair. At first, I thought it was an orangutan, but then I thought to myself, why would an orangutan be in the middle of nowhere in Alaska? I've lived here almost all of my life, and there is no animal like this. I thought to myself, the only way that could have been an orangutan is if there's a circus out here, and I knew that was not a possibility in such a remote area. I drove right next to it, and I was at its level. If I had been going slowly, I could have easily touched it. I was freaked out and thought I must be seeing things, maybe I was tired. My friend saw it too. Although neither of us said a word until we reached the gas station in the town of Healy, just past Denali. She said, did you see that? And I said, I thought I was seeing things. This spooked us so much that we didn't even talk about it until we were around other people. We have talked about this and still agree that we saw this thing. We were about to give up on trying to explain it to anyone else because no one believes us. We both have decided not to bring it up because no one believes it anyway. What I find so unusual is that there's no native Alaskan animal that could resemble this thing in any way. We have bears, moose, caribou, porcupines, rabbits, etc, but none of these animals have knees or long reddish colored hair. I don't know how to explain it, and I've given up trying because nobody believes it. They just think you're joking. I don't want to be harassed by any skeptics, I just want to be able to share my genuine experience in case others have seen what I have. My sighting took place in March 2018 near the village of Rochester, Wisconsin. It was around 11pm, and I had left my home to make a short trip to Walmart to pick up some items my fiancé needed for work the next day mainly lunch foods and underarm deodorant. Rochester, Wisconsin, is located in southeast Wisconsin alongside the Fox River, between two nature preserves. It consists mainly of forested land with hills and a few open fields. As I was on my way to Walmart, there's a hill that must be climbed before leveling out at the top. At the top of the hill is a small gravel pull-off named Honey Creek. While I was coming up the hill and around a slight curve, I noticed something standing in the middle of the road a little before the pull-off. My immediate reaction was, why is that huge dog just standing there? And what is going on? My next thought was, that's the biggest black German Shepherd I have ever seen. As I got a little closer to this animal, I hit it with my bright beams, completely illuminating it. At that point, this creature stared at me for about 4-5 to seconds and then reared back on its hind legs standing on only its back legs. It turned around to face the way it came from, leapt, yes, leapt, into the ditch, and shot off like it was fired out of a cannon, disappearing into the tree line. The color of this animal was completely black. It had very long front legs, and its back hindquarters were very muscular, somewhat resembling a pit bull's body physique but much larger. The head of this creature looked similar to a shepherd or wolf, but the muzzle was wider and resembled that of a bulldog rather than a wolf or shepherd. When it stood up and turned, it was still facing and glaring at me, but I was able to briefly see what I can only describe as shoulders like a hominid and what appeared to be pectoral muscles under a very thin layer of fur or hair, much shorter than on the rest of its body, so thin that it seemed like you could almost see the skin. Despite all this, I personally felt no fear just confusion and then amazement at how fast it moved. I don't know what these things are, but I can now confidently assure you they are real. Thank you. I went for a drive back in the spring of 1995 with three kids, my daughters, and one of their cousins. It was starting to get dark and I decided I wanted to turn around without going all the way down a somewhat secluded road. I pulled into a turnaround with the car lights on. In the bushes on the other side of the road, I noticed some movement. I initially thought it might have been a deer, so I stopped the car completely. The first thing I really saw were bright blue eyes, and then I noticed how high up they were. The creature had to be about 8-9 to feet tall, and the rest of it was very dark possibly black or dark brown. My daughter saw its feet, which were huge. When I realized it might be a Bigfoot, I freaked out and quickly left the area. I've never gone down there after dark again, and I rarely go there at all. The creature didn't move after the initial movement we saw, it just stood there looking at us. There are local legends about a wild man in the woods, and recently there have been a rash of sightings. Some of them are quite close to town and the people who claim to have seen it are quite believable, with their stories being quite convincing. My encounter took place back in 1970. We had always heard rumors of a large dog roaming the area of Bowers Road, killing pigs and sheep, but we never for a moment thought it was something like the dog man. We hadn't heard of the Dog Man or the Beast of Bray Road until 10 years after we moved to Waterford. Anyway, one late summer evening in 1970, my brother and I were fooling around in the hayloft. We opened the door that they use when filling the barn with an elevator. We were playing for about an hour when my brother and I noticed something black in the hay field, far off in the distance, to the point where we couldn't make out what it was. Well, My brother had a whistle he got from a box of Cracker Jacks. He took that whistle and blew it as hard as he could. When he did, whatever that thing was, it stood up and started walking towards the barn. We couldn't tell what it was, but it scared us, and we fled from the barn, running to the house. We told our dad what we had seen, and he investigated it, but found nothing. We couldn't believe that it could just disappear like that. My brother and I were convinced that whatever it was, it was in the barn waiting for us. It was probably a month before we went back in, and that was only because the farmer who owned the barn would show up from time to time to house his pigs when they were giving birth. So, we knew there was nothing hiding in there. We never found out what we saw walking on two legs towards the barn that day, and we never saw it again. We moved to Waterford in 1973 and it was 10 years before we even heard about the Beast of Bray Road. My brother and I talked about it later in life and figured perhaps it was. I listened to your glitches in the Matrix video last night. I've had two experiences, both on the NYC subway. The first time was about five years ago. I was riding on the subway train, and I noticed that one of my fellow passengers was a near perfect dead ringer for one of my friends. Yet the same face shape, the same exact hair color, and was about the same shape body-wise. However, he appeared to be about 10 or 12 years older than my friend and he had a beard on his chin and was wearing a beret and black sunglasses. He also didn't recognize me, further proof that they were not the same person. However, I swear that they looked nearly identical so much so that I was quite shaken at the time. The second event took place only about a week ago. I was riding downtown with my brother when I took note of a young woman sitting across from me. She was pretty, so I took a few opportunities to notice her and got a fairly good idea of what she looked like. She got off the train just before it was about to go express. I didn't think anything else of it at the time. However, about 10 minutes later, On the other end of the express pass, both my brother and I got out of the train. As we were walking up the steps to the upper platform, I noticed the same girl coming down the step street towards us. She walked past us and walked down the stairs. It is possible that she got off of our train and got onto another one for a seating view of the express path to the upper platform. If this is the case, she was obviously lost, because it was such a huge waste of her time when she could just stay on the train. However, it's the most reasonable explanation I can think of. While I was listening to you, a memory popped into my head from about 25 years ago. I can't remember what time of year it was but it was dark so it had to be late summer or early fall because there was there was no snow and the trees hadn't started turning yet. I was driving to Edmonton, Alberta one night and I was coming to the Hanging Stone River. I had just passed the Department of Highways yard and was parallel to the Hanging Stone campground when I noticed two bright reflections on the other side of the river on the slope of the hill near the top. This grabbed my attention at the time because I had driven that highway for years and couldn't remember seeing reflectors in that spot before. As I crested the hill on the north side of the river heading down to the bridge I was still looking at the reflectors when I realized that it was eyeshine because I could see the silhouette of some kind of an animal. The eyes were huge as I mentioned above. I thought they were reflectors of some sort. I never took my eyes off this thing. It was dimly lit by my headlights and it was about halfway between the road and and the tree line. As I was driving past this thing I could see the shape of it and what it looked like to me was a giant doe or a cow moose because there were no antlers. It was sitting on its haunches like a dog would. It never shifted its gaze, it just sat there staring across the river. I was looking at it in profile as I passed. The first thing that crossed my mind was the sheer size of it, so I figured it must have been a really big cow moose. Then it struck me how odd it was for a moose to be sitting on its haunches like that because it looked just like an enormous dog. Then the goosebumps hit me and I put the pedal to the metal and sped away. But as I did that I was thinking of how silly I was to be afraid of a moose sitting like a puppy. I can still picture in my mind's eye, just sitting there staring off across the river. It looked like a giant dog but my mind wouldn't let me process that. So it was a big cow moose at that point in my life. I was curious about the Sasquatch and I had never heard of the dog man, so neither of those things was even on my radar at that moment. Every time I've told that story I've always said it was a moose. So, for your video to trigger that memory so vividly I believe that I have been wrong all these years about what I saw that night and I believe that I do know now what it actually was. I was told to keep quiet about the story but I can't I need explanations. To begin I'm ex special forces, I was a British army commando, after serving as an artillery officer. A lot of my training consisted of forest or jungle survival and got me interested in nature but Britain didn't have any truly wild forests so I was left wanting more. A few years later a transfer opportunity opened up to the US so I took it, excited by the potential forest to trek through. Long story short the program I was working on was suspended due to an intelligence cock-up so I got 6 months of paid leave and met up with my friend who was a park ranger, I'm not giving his actual name or of the park for reasons so everyone or place names have been altered, let's call him Jim. We were hanging out at his cabin with his colleague Nick, I was telling them stories of my time on tour in the middle east when the radio in the cabin goes off. Jim comes out with a serious face and tells Nick to get mounted up for a search and rescue he the asks if I wanna come so I agree and got suited up in my combat uniform, I had nothing else as I thought I would only be a couple hours, we arrive at a clearing with 40 other people, we were informed that a boy and girl were missing from their beds in a family cabin. This seemed odd to me and recently becoming a father I understood how important it was to find them. We left in a party of seven and armed to the teeth as there were bears around and we didn't have time to mess around. We searched for hours and nothing turned up, it was getting dark and we began to head back to my eight-seater land rover and I noticed something off in the dark, it was set of stairs. I asked Jim what the hell are they doing out here? His response was just keep going not in a menacing tone but in a strict tone that a parent would use in a fire drill or something but when he flicked off the safety of his rifle I knew something was up. We got back to the Land Rover and started a back to the clearing during the ride I was told to never tell anyone what I saw. We got back and I was told to stay by the truck just in case another group found them as my truck was the same type that were used as military ambulances in the 50s and out of all the vehicles was the most suitable for the job. Jim and Nick got out and the others just stayed in packing medical and food supplies on the truck. 50 feet in front of me was the leader of the search party, I never paid any attention to his rank or whatever it's called, and he and Jim were talking and he turned looked at me and nodded at which I confidently nodded back. Minutes later Jim and Nick returned at which I asked him what was the talk about Jim said it was about how lucky we are to have special forces with us and it should be a bit easier but I knew it was about the stairs I saw in the woods. Hours passed in the truck waiting for the call to provide assistance that we get it from another park ranger, 20 miles north of the cabin, who said he found a abandoned shoe belonging to a kid. We rushed out there and met up with the ranger and searched the near woods. The trees were tall and thick with foliage so our torches had to be powerful to pierce the leaves and branches of trees. Jim shouted us over saying there's something here as we approach we found that it was blood, thick, glossy blood. I would to say I've seen my share of gory death, I've had close friends blown up and even a guy I trained with got captured and brutally tortured to death but the scene that lay before me will haunt me for life. Both the boy and girl were impaled onto the tree by the branches, their lower halves were gone and innards were strewn across the tree. The strangest part was there were 60 feet up in the tree. I've never returned and will never but the stairs and the children's bodies were connected somehow and I need some closure because the rangers still to this day refuse to talk about them I hope the anonymity of the internet will change that. Please help me get the answers I need. I'm from Eastern Tennessee, but when my encounter happened I was working up in and around Clintwood, Virginia close to a town called Pound, Virginia for two weeks. The encounter happened at an old sawmill out in the woods. There was only one way in and out of that location that I was aware of and I had been hearing strange noises like whistling and twigs breaking. Along with that, I had a strange feeling of being watched. Now, I have seen some weird things in my life without explaining what they were. But what happened that day I cannot explain it. Every time I go to talk about this, I just start worrying and thinking about my encounter again. I can barely sleep at night and have nightmares about my encounter. I saw something that made me for sure believe that there are creatures in this world that do not want to be found until they show themselves to you. This happened at 1.44 PM on September 22, 2020, and lasted not even five minutes when I saw the creature. The howls and other noises happened in the evening hours the evening when I saw the creature and the next evening throughout the time I was out there working. I came to my service truck to get a Coca-Cola out of my cooler and I heard something make a loud growling sound. It sounded off in the woods so I looked around. Nothing. Then I heard it again and up on this cliff peeking out of the brush I saw this large black thing. When I'd look at it hide again. Luckily I got one picture. I will say that I know it wasn't a bear. My initial thought seeing the black coloration was that it was a bear but I realized it wasn't because bears didn't move like that thing did. It was larger than any bear and it was on two feet. I don't know how to explain it because it's just out of place. But then it started peeking around the brush. That's when I got out my phone and snapped the picture. But when I tried to start to record a video my phone died and I had around 70% battery. Then my phone came back on about 5 minutes after it disappeared because I kept up with the time in the pickup and my phone still had that percent battery left. I had always believed they existed yet I had my skepticism and had heard stories about Bigfoot but never had my close-up encounter. But that day it happened. I will say looking at the pictures after I zoomed and I realized this may or may not have been Bigfoot, but something totally different. I want to share this, I don't want to hide my story because it just takes one person to make others share their encounter, it needs to be told. I feel the public needs to know things are out there. My guess was that the creature I saw was easily over seven feet tall if not bigger. I estimate that it was over 600 to 700 pounds. I have also found tracks and I have pictures of the tracks. I have a picture of my boot next to the tracks and they were bigger than my boot. I wear a size 12 but I will say there are really no definitive toes in the tracks, but they are massive tracks. I will gladly answer any questions and I also have the audio of the howls I recorded. But like I said my phone was still messed up and I couldn't use video or camera on my phone when the creature was there and whenever the creature was around. It was weird that this thing could mess with technology. Hello my name is Ashki and I'm a native american who has taken over park ranger for my father who passed away from cancer. Our family has lived in this region of Tennessee for generations hell it was my great ex-4 granddad who was the park ranger here in the first place so getting the job was easy for his descendants. When I was little my great granddad used to tell me bedtime stories of how him and his father used to go out into the forest and hunt down creatures not of this earth. I thought it nothing but tall tales and I just wrote them off it wasn't until I was 17 when I first saw something truly unexplainable. It was the middle of the night I had woken up to a loud crashing in the woods next to our house I looked out my window to see something terrifying. What I saw shook my perception on reality it appeared to be a gorilla but this thing was about 10 feet tall and had to weigh about 450 pounds it had monstrous hands and was covered head to toe in black matted hair but the most shocking thing was it was walking on two feet. Behind it, it dragged a gigantic brown bear this bear had to been beaten and bloody as if the thing beat it with its bare hands and dragged it as if it was a rag doll through the edge of the forest. Before it went deeper into the forest it looked directly at me with its amber glowing eyes and in the moonlight I could tell that its teeth were sharp and jagged. I quickly ducked under my window seal, but I knew it had saw me I didn't sleep that night I stayed up all night watching my window just to make sure it didn't come back to get me. I didn't tell anybody what I saw due to me thinking it being nothing more than a dream the next morning, but that changed when I overheard a conversation between my great granddad and granddad saying that they found a skull and a monster of skeleton of a giant bear 23 miles into the woods. That was two years ago I am 19 and I have taken up the job as a park ranger. Ever since I took the job at 18 strange things have a happened for instance last night I went out for expedition into the forest just to look around the area. I did this at a bad time because before I knew it, it was pitch black outside I was 10 miles into the woods when I noticed glowing red orbs watching me from the trees I quickly took out my rifle and took cover behind some fallen lumber when I heard a distinct humming noise that was when the glowing red robs multiplied into 6. Jobins my father used to tell me stories of these creatures they are as peaceful as it can be, they are almost kind in fact. The humming noise was a song, I quickly plugged my ears because the song the sing will enable you to enter sleep, or if you're already sleeping you'll be unable to wake up my father theorized that the frequency the give off lock your brain state of awake to avoid anyone from following this fate i lit a stick and waved it around in the air to make them know that their presence was not needed here and so they scattered glowing quite beautifully in the starry night the other reason why i had to it was because not only could they put you in a coma but other let's say creatures of this region find the jobbins very delicious and wouldn't you know it as soon as I was about to leave cover there was a rumbling coming from four miles into the woods. I put on my night vision goggles and spotted a bulldog bear aka the thought to be extinct short-faced bear. The short-faced bear was the largest and most powerful land carnivore in North America during the ice age. This thing must have have weighed about 1540 pounds and stood about 10 feet on two feet it sported a deep red claw mark on its face and had teeth the size of steak knives and fur as dark as the night sky i was in deep shit here this thing could run circles around any horse i had no chance of escaping or so i thought slowly lumbering toward the bear was a monster of a bigfoot this thing was about eight feet tall wade could have weighed about 800 pounds and if you wanna know about bigfoots know this and remember it well they are very territorial. What happened next was a scene right out of a King Kong movie the Bigfoot while beating its chest let out a howl of intimidation and the bear stood on two feet and roared a roar that shook the forest and silenced any crickets or insects singing a nightly song. They charged at each other but before I could see anything else I booked it I took one look back and saw the Bigfoot toss the monster of the bear through four trees that only made me run faster. I made it back to my cabin at 5 I stayed up that whole morning sitting on my couch with my shotgun and pistol loaded in my hand and pointing at the door in case the victor of that match was looking for a new opponent. The next day was when I got the radio call about the missing campers and hikers that have gone missing in my area of the woods. I packed my bags for a long tip into the wilderness expecting to find what was behind occurrence of hikers and campers not coming back. I planned to hike 30 miles into the forest on the first 10 miles I started to find backpacks ripped to shreds and tents reduced to nothing but cloth I took out my pistol and started to walk further into the forest keeping my head on a swivel. 15 miles and I started to find body parts arms and legs littered the trails but one blood trail stood out to me. I followed it about 3 miles into the woods and found a horrible sight. It was a man he had been skinned alive and as I were missing from what I could tell his legs had been broken and he had been crucified on a makeshift cross, he had been cut in the corners of his mouth to display a sadistic smile and he head had been held up by some sting to make it look at if he were looking at me. I slowly walked away from the man not wanting to get any closer the thing that bothers me the most was that every time I turned my back to him I would hear a twisted child's giggle coming from the corpse. I walked further into the woods and decided to make a makeshift camp in a cave close by a water source so I could bath and possibly fish for more food. After two hours of fishing I had caught some meaty catches and prepared them and cooked them on the roaring flame of my campfire. But even though I was concentrating on not burning the fish I could tell that I was being watched I looked up from the flame and saw a man but it wasn't an ordinary man. He would be a man at first glance but as I studied him more I noticed his twisted features. He was tall and had long hair past his shoulders his eyes glowed a bright yellow and his hands were massive with untrimmed nails. He smiled at me and his teeth were sharp and yellow as a stick of butter he called to me a little lost aren't ya why don't you put out that campfire so I can help you find your way out as a raspy cigarette smoker voice. His voice was deep and I felt it in my bowels I liked him in the eyes and threw down a log on the fire which made it roar and grow bigger and the creature let out a cry and stumbled back. Thank god I took the fish off or it would have been burned I thought why don't you just come and sit at the campfire with me I said as I patted on the empty place on the log next time me while sporting a grin. You're a cool for coming out here this deep into the forest alone and I'll make you realize that sooner or later the creature said in voice full of hate and then he left walking with an unnatural gait into the forest. I stayed awake all night keeping the fire alive and my shotgun loaded in my lap I knew that if it had gone out I wouldn't be making it the next morning. When sunset came I went into my tent and fell asleep keeping an ear out for any noises. There have been stories of wild men roaming deep in the forest but to meet one is a whole different feeling of fear. I woke up at 12pm and continued hiking at mile 20 I had found an abandoned cabin nothing seemed to be wrong with it and when I went inside of it, it appeared to be normal and untouched besides being covered in cobwebs so I made base here. It was a small cabin just one bed and one bathroom and a half kitchen i sat at the table and took out a field guide to the area and started to read up on the other creatures that could be lurking around here it was night when i finished and heard a weird noise outside of the window thank god i had turned the hey
1: it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Lights off before it got to dark. Because right outside my window I saw an old man wandering the forest, I thought it to be strange that anyone besides me to be this deep out here. I wanted to open the door and offer to help, but then noticed this was a very tall old man and was wearing the skin of a mountain lion on his back and was dragging a human body behind him. He was waking towards the cabin shit I thought I hid under the couch with my pistol in hand and threw my stuff in the bathroom and closed the door. He opened the door and slammed it shut he was sniffing the air like a dog who smells food he know I'm here I thought but then he growled and just walked toward the table dragging the mangled human body behind him I wanted to let out a breath of relief but I knew that if I did he'd find me. He then threw the corpse on the table I was reading at and I started to hear sounds of gnawing ripping and tearing. From what I could see he was eating the human body and when he was done he stood in the middle of the cabin and started breathing heavy he fell on his knees and started shifting into a monster of a mountain lion as once human hands turned into gigantic terrible paws with claws that could cut through diamonds. His fur was jet black with what appeared to be red stripes on the ankles of his massive mountain lion legs he cracked the wood floor of the cabin as he walked and when he roared he shattered every window in the cabin he ran out the door shattering it into pieces and talking off into a tree deep in the woods. That was four hours ago and every since then I've been sitting on this couch in shock every once in a while looking at the poor camper's body his poor mangled body the skinwalker had eaten every organ and it left it a husk. I know what must be done but the question is do I have the guts to do it, right now I've made a plan to take the skinwalker out, but I don't know if I could possibly defeat something so evil and ancient. The stories that my family have told me of skinwalkers have made them seem like an unstoppable force of the evils of this world but there is a way to kill it. When the sun was in the middle of the sky I went to go find some wolfsbane I then liquefied it to saturate my bullets in and sharpened and then coated my machete in it. I thank god my father for only using silver rounds and a silver machete for when he was in charge but the cost must have been very expensive. I got my pistol and shotgun at the ready and I am hiding under the bed of the cabin everything's in place I don't know if I'll make it but just in case I don't I'm gonna post this now and it's good thing I'm posting this now too I just heard the silver bear trap coated in wolfsbane I placed in the living room go off and a roar of a creature that's not too happy that someone has found its lair. Part 2. Hello it's me again Ashki, now I bet you wondering how the hell did I make it out alive. Well I'll tell you, after the skinwalker had fallen for the silver bear trap I busted out from my hiding place and loaded it with the special bullets I made. But it still had fight in it It grabbed me and threw me through a window I wrapped around a tree I got my arm impaled on a sharp rock but I could tell that took all of its strength. Silver and Wolfsbane are excellent for fighting monsters such as these it drains their stamina and if they have a healing factor it's not longer able to use it. He then rushed me and with the branch I took out of my arm I swung it and it connected with its chin dazing it after I got up I saw the skinwalker sluggishly crawling into the forest I limped over and out a bullet right into its brain. But I knew that wouldn't be a definite way to kill it I had to take out the heart and burn it on a fire or else it would come back for round 2 after I did that it turned to dust and blew away into the night. After that I exhaled deeply and limped back to the cabin closed and locked the door and passed out on the couch. I woke up 9 hours later tended to my wounds and headed back to my main base noting that this cabin could be of use in the future. About 10 miles into my walk I was approached by a hiker we exchanged greetings, had a conversation and I even decided to let him walk with me his name was Bach. After 10 minutes of walking his offered me some food it looked delicious almost too delicious I looked at it and looked at him and he was grinning I then took out some silver powered and blew it in his face. It relived his true form of Bakwa. Bakwas offers ghost food out of cockle shells to humans stranded in the woods if they accept and eat the offered food, then they too become a ghostly being like Bakwas. I pointed my pistol at the monster who took the form of a tall old man and threatened that if I ever saw him again he would die and he wouldn't have to be worried about offering food anymore. He took off deep into the woods to never to be seen by me again and I kept walking finally reaching my cabin and retiring to my bed to rest. The next morning, I got a call from an unknown radio signal about a strange sighting about a man wearing a moose skull as a mask I took it to be a tweaker who found a dead moose and head out to take care of it. The location the man was sighted was in an unmapped region of the woods so I thought it odd that he had gotten that far. As soon as I got there I found a hiding place behind a log and waited for him to come. About 10 pm the man showed up in the moonlight I could see this was no man it was a windingo. This thing was extremely gaunt and emaciated, with grayish skin, sunken red eyes, tattered lips, and possessed a deathly odor, a windigo greedily feeds on human flesh. However for each person it consumes the monster grows ever larger and this thing had to be at least 9 feet tall with long hair reaching to the middle of its back and sharp blood drenched claws. It sniffed the air it knew I was here I thanked god that I had my shotgun I then jumped out my hiding spot and lit it up with silver buckshot it scared in agony it sounded like a woman's scream mixed with an angry cat. It then took a small tree and hit me like a batter hitting a baseball I flew 15 feet and landed on a pile of human bones this thing needed to be killed if left alive it would go on to eat and grow stronger. So as it came charging me I ducked and it hit the sit of a large rock cracking its skull and stunning it I took the chance to pick up and slam it on its head load its heart full of silver shotgun shells and then poured liquid wolfsbane into its opening chest cavity. I thought this thing smelled bad when it was alive but when it died few this thing smelled terrible I made a large fire and burned what was left that night. I was pretty far into the forest so I made camp near water and started to fish I caught some pretty big fish and took care of my wounds from the previous night I even decided to take a bath smelling like a wind dingo could attract unwanted company. Later at sunset I started to cook the fish when a rustling came from the woods before I could react a wa'ila jumped out of the brush and snarled at me I was defenseless. This thing was ten feet on two legs and on all fours stood six feet tall it had a large mouth and black fur with white marking on it. Its piercing yellow eyes started into my soul and then it took three of the big fish I caught and ran into the woods. Better me than the fish I thought, of this was Wa'ila territory then I didn't want to be around here so I packed my bags out of my fire and took off for my camp at night. On my walk I heard strange noises I heard whispers in the night and I even heard a woman scream. From above me I heard a child scream help me and then I did something I shouldn't have I looked up and I saw it, a stick Indian it had been following me for miles just waiting for me to notice it. Stick Indians are seldom seen, they are almost completely nocturnal, and it is said that their language does not mimic human speech but instead sounds like birds and other animals. They also have powers to paralyze hypnotize, or cause insanity in hapless humans, while in others, they merely lead people astray by making eerie sounds of whistling or laughter in the woods at night. In some stories stick Indians may eat people who fall prey to them, kidnap children. They also take aggressive revenge against people who injure or disrespect them, no matter how unintentionally. This thing was tall had long arms with big hands that ended with long claws and red eyes it had a face like a totem pole and had a hypnotic going on with its eyes. I knew I was in trouble I took off as fast as I could and the stick Indian was close behind me swinging in the trees branch to branch. It swung at me and got the back of my neck but I kept running. Luckily I was by my old cabin and took cover and locked the door it was beating on the door and time was running out. I had dropped my weapons while running from this thing and had nothing to defend myself. I then remembered that I had left some silver brass knuckles in the nightstand in the bedroom also I had found old tomahawk but it was still sharp I took out the last of my liquid wolfsbane and coated the knuckles and the tomahawk with it. I have a slim chance of beating this thing so I decided to post this before fight night went down the door just slammed open and the locks are rolling on the floor. If I make it I'll post how I survived this fight, but if I don't you'll know farewell be safe. I'm just writing this in hopes that other people may have experienced similar things, perhaps to feel less lonely going through all this by myself, or similar experiences. As well to maybe see what others thoughts are. Some background, I'm in my mid-30s, work a corporate job and have some side projects, live a pretty normal life, you could say. I've been practicing mindfulness meditation and some yoga now on and off for a good number of years, really just to manage the stress of job and life, not for any other particular reason. So, about a year ago I start having these weird experiences happen only during my meditation, things that are not necessarily normal or typical experiences I've had over the years of practicing meditation. The shortest explanation is that I start seeing spirits or beings within my mind's eye, which I mostly just chalked it off as imagination, being tired and whatnot. However, they kept getting a bit more and more obvious and different to me. An example is that it always happens instantly, before I can somewhat consciously imagine something. Again, difficult to explain but it gets slightly more intense. As of recently, I've started actually catching glimpses of what I interpret to be dead people's relatives standing or hovering over them out of my peripheral vision. This is a whole other topic, but what's really got me going is my dreams. To me, dreams have mostly been just dreams. Lately, within the last few months however they've become. I don't even know what word to use. But let me try and explain, and the details and experiences of these dreams are completely new to me. So, normally when I dream, it's never connected or follows a tangible, rational storyline or whatever. Now, it's taken on such a drastic turn. I legit feel as if my consciousness within the dream itself bounces between past or future, or things outside the scope of time, which is another difficult thing to try and explain. Let me give you an example. Dreaming in first- or third-person view is not new to me. However dreaming in first and third person view simultaneously is new to me. Last night I was with two people, one where a young man in his mid-forties was with his wife who was equally as young, was on her deathbed. I was watching this occur from the side in third person while simultaneously experiencing perspectives of both the man and the woman. As she was going through the transition of life to death, I experienced both the grief of the man and the sheer and overwhelming sense of peace and lightness the woman was experiencing as her spirit slowly lifted above and out of her body. As if a huge sense of relief and knowing that all is okay as she dies. The night prior, the same situation occurred however this dream was military focused. I'm not, nor have I ever been in the US military. There was a group of 4 or 5 USAF airmen providing some time of air support to a ground mission out in Middle East. It was a covert op so no one was supposed to know they were engaging. But they were engaging using this, new type of what I thought looked like a raptor drone that had way more maneuverability and speed than I believe the modern ones. It took 4 or 5 of these soldiers to operate the craft, and what I thought was strange was that they were operating this craft from another aircraft that was operating miles away. Same scenario here, I was experiencing and watching this all happen simultaneously from the first person perspective of one of the pilots or airmen, who was actually pretty skilled and smart, utilizing low altitude and mountains to remain undetected, while watching almost all of this happen in a 360 degree view, almost like a mini-map in a video game but in 3D. After coming over the mountains they unleashed attacks in a town, or what I thought was some type of market, like, town in the middle of the desert. They were after a single individual, who they did not get with the airstrike. but I didn't seem to see any casualties either. This is already long af, so thanks to whoever who read all this. Perhaps, I'm just slowly losing my mind or whatever. The hardest part is trying to explain this to people around me. I have some other strange things that have happened recently, but I'll save that for now. Thanks for letting me vent. So my parents were asleep in the living room of our townhouse, and I was sleeping upstairs in my room. I'm usually a really heavy sleeper, so the house could be falling down around me and I would totally sleep right through it. When I finally woke up in the middle of the day, my parents told me that one of my cats had woken both of them up with an incredibly loud meow unlike anything they've ever heard before. It was so loud, that my mom yelled for me when she heard it, but I was passed out upstairs. They were worried that he may have been having a health crisis, but when my mom checked on him, he was just sitting in front of the stairs, staring up at something in the stairwell. Some backstory for context. When we moved into this place over two years ago, my mom and I noticed right away that the house is haunted. She and I compared stories of seeing and feeling spirits when we're alone, mostly when we're in our rooms just lying in bed. For example, we keep noticing spirits of animals climbing in bed with us, which at first we think it's one of our cats, but when we check, we don't see anything, or the door to my mom's room is closed at the time she notices this one night she told me that she was in the living room with the TV off, just messing around on her phone, and she happened to look up at the TV and saw a ghostly head coming out of the kitchen wall that resembled a sugar skull. The point is, I believe that the house is haunted by the ghost of the former owner, as well as a few animal spirits that may have followed us between houses. And just a few months ago, my great aunt, who was 102 years old, passed away in my bathroom upstairs. My cat, the one who scared the shit out of my parents, was really close to her when she was still alive, and I get the feeling that that's who both of my cats have been seeing lately whenever they stare up at the stairwell. I should add that my mom and I have never gotten a bad feeling since we've started living here. Any spirits that are here are pretty tame, and have never given us issues. They do like to be acknowledged, though. I'd like to tell you about an experience I had recently that honestly disturbed me. I don't know if it was real, a nightmare or something else, but I can't explain it. First of all, you need to know that my bedroom and my mother's bedroom are opposite each other. So from my door I can see my mother's bedroom, which is at the end of the corridor. What's more, my window faces my door and therefore my corridor. It was the middle of the night and the moon was shining brightly so it was quite easy to see the bedroom and the corridor without too much difficulty. During the night, I woke up and was facing my window, curled up on top of myself. That's when I saw a face opposite my bed that I could well describe to you. It was a young man, I'd say in his 20s, with a fairly thin face and hollow cheeks. He had red hair, short with curls on top. The most terrifying thing about him was that he was looking towards my bedroom door with a horrified look frozen on his face. He didn't move as if it was a painting I was seeing but he looked so real. At that moment, I had a feeling of terror that ran through my body, I was still curled up and I didn't dare move or turn round towards my door, where the young man was looking. My body was telling me not to move, my eyes were glued to the side and I couldn't move. My body froze. I felt sick to my stomach and I had the feeling that if I moved anything serious was going to happen. I stayed like that for a few minutes. And then, at one point, it was completely calm, the young man was gone and it was quiet, maybe a little too quiet, like the calm you feel when you realize what's just happened. After that, I couldn't contain myself from turning back towards my corridor. And that's when I caught sight of a silhouette. It was transparent but it was as if you could see the outline of its silhouette, I can't explain it. But the only thing I know is that when I looked at this thing, I didn't feel at all comfortable and I was even a little scared. After all that, I didn't look far and went back to sleep as if nothing had happened. It wasn't until the next day that I thought about it again, and I spoke to my mother about it, but she couldn't come up with an explanation either. Hi, I was hoping that someone on here can give me some advice because frankly, I've gone from worried to terrified in the last few nights. I have brought this up with my family and they laugh it off like it's nothing, only reminding me that this is just like I'm a child again. Apologies for any spelling issues, I wasn't very really good with that kinda stuff in school. Some backstory, I'm a 25m and I was a self-employed joiner, I guess handyman to you Americans? Unfortunately I had a stroke back in April, until then I was perfectly healthy but due to WRK stress and a family gene linked to them, I had one bad. This is all just context to why I recently moved back in with my grandparents. My rent wasn't cheap and myself and my partner couldn't afford to keep living there without my income so we decided until I'm better, that we'll move back in with our families, it really sucks and wish she was with me right now through all this. So last month, with the help of my brother and father, we moved me and my dog into my grandparents' fairly large house in the countryside. They have three bedrooms, a bathroom and a large living room upstairs and downstairs, the kitchen, dining room, living room, another bathroom and down a small corridor at the back of the house two more bedrooms. It was basically like living in an apartment myself without the worry of being in people's way as my grandparents don't come downstairs unless it's to go shopping or for food. Now this is where things started to go from bad to worse. About a weeks ago, I caught the what we think was the norovirus and due to my current health, unfortunately floored me, I was horribly sick and feeling tired all the time and losing my will to live. So I would take comfort in the times I could sleep. In sleeping though, I started to have this nightmare, I was lying in bed in my room, and I could feel like someone or something was watching me from the corner of the room closest to the window, I couldn't see anything actually there but I know something was, it unsettles me. Like a stranger following you late night and you don't know their intentions. This keep happening, each sleep, the feeling was there. In the last two nights it's gotten worse. Saturday's night was the first time I caught a glimpse of it, like a man, a really tall man, made of pure darkness, like vantablack in the heart of an abyss dark. He was standing in the corner of the room where I felt like someone was watching me. I felt like the entire dream was only a few seconds long, I saw him and woke up immediately drenched in sweat. When I finally calmed myself down, I went upstairs to my grandparents' living room. I waited until they got up and I had a chat about my dream. When I told my grandma about it, she laughed and said I sounded like I was 5 years old again, talking about the scary monster in my dreams. The same scary monster. How as a kid I would complain whenever I slept here because the scary man was watching me, until I refused sleepovers. Hearing all this scared the living daylights out of me and makes me wanna leave but I have nowhere else to go. My grandparents' house was the only family that had space for me and my German Shepherd. Last night, I was determined to keep myself awake all night, and maybe find a friend's sofa to accidentally fall asleep on. However, it hit 4 am and I couldn't prevent myself from sleeping any longer, I crashed. In my dream from last night, the man was moving, reaching out for me. You know when you have that feeling like you are in a dangerous situation? like standing too close to a cliff edge? I felt that, like whatever this thing was, I couldn't let it touch me or something very bad would happen, I'm not sure what? But something very bad. In my dream I rolled over the bed and half stumbled into the door with a slam, as it was inches away from touching me. In the moment I slammed into the door, I woke up in the exact same position as I was in my dream, with the exception that my dog was now there. Hackles up and growling angrily in the direction that thing was when I was asleep. This all but confirms to me that this isn't I just in my head. I don't know what to do, or where to go next. I'm scared I'm going to die. Does anyone know what this is or how I can protect myself? Please please can someone help me. In the vision it wasn't fully clear to me what actually happened, but it involved a shipping container. The property had a shipping container that was all burnt to shit like somehow it had been literally melted inside it. Like someone tried to escape from inside the container. He said what happened was a spark from welding ignited gasoline. Has anyone ever had anything like a vision that they fully knew was legit come to them? I was planning to leave that day anyways as it wasn't feeling right there but after that vision hit my mind's eye. My body just started packing up like without hesitation and I silently left the property. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida and I spent most of my childhood on the beach or in the water. We used to go surfing near Ponte Vedra beach at night since nobody was ever out at that time. I was sitting out in the waves talking to a friend of mine when something big brushed against my leg. It moved against my leg for a few seconds and my board started to move around but eventually it went further down the beach. The next day someone caught a great white a few miles down from where we were at. Still to this day I think it was a great white. While navigating international waters between Venezuela and Aruba, at the watch starting at 12 hours, we received a call from the vessel's speaker by the second mate, who told us to look at the sky because it seemed like the world was ending. We observed three red spaceships performing parallel patterns in the sky, and then they converged between them. At this point, they became static, not moving at all, and lined up side by side the lights from the spaceships were red. Suddenly, out of nowhere, they submerged into the ocean in front of us. A few minutes after this, enormous whales surfaced, appearing to be in a state of distress. My dad is a captain of a container ship. I've heard some stories and seen some crazy pictures. He actually knows Captain Phillips because they work for the same company so I have heard some things about him. Most of the craziest pictures and stories I've heard though are just about the waves. They got hit with huge waves that actually destroyed containers on the ship and knocked a bunch into the ocean. The other cool story is my dad and his crew saved some guy who for some reason was in the Atlantic on a fishing boat. Someone spotted him from the deck and his boat was about to get collapsed so they went down and got him up the ladder. I saw something bizarre while at sea. My time to shine. In 1980, I was one of 10 Royal Canadian Sea Cadets on board HMCS Capel 264. A lovely Canadian destroyer escort commissioned in 1962. We were refueling at sea with the HMCS productor so both ships are sailing parallel to each other with a fuel line in between. Two or three whales were swimming near the bow of the Producteur. The bow came out of the water, then back in. I assume one of the whales was coming up as the ship went down. The next wave brought the bow out of the water again. The whale's tail came up too. A spray of dark blood painted the starboard side of the bow i briefly saw the damaged portion of the tail before the whale disappeared in an instant the whale was gone and the ship dove into the water erasing any evidence of the last two or three seconds i was amazed and i looked around to see if anybody saw what i saw another cadet said he thought he saw something on the bow but wasn't sure what it was the regular crew members didn't give a flying f On the same cruise, a pile of neatly folded clothes were found on the rear deck. Apparently a seaman jumped overboard into the prop wash somewhere in the middle of the Pacific. Girlfriend called it off while we were at sea. I used to commercial fish off the Oregon coast, we would typically be out 80 to 150 miles for albacore tuna. This trip was for halibut however so we're using long line gear sits on the bottom, similar to swordfish if ever seen that go out. Anyways we pulled gear and there was like this half eel half ugly shark looking thing. I'd never seen anything like it, nor had anyone else on the boat both of which have been doing this since the 70s. Unfortunately it was the first day and we planned to be out for several so couldn't have kept it on board. Anyways, not the greatest story just thought I would share. Rogue waves were always the weirdest or scariest things to me. One put us in danger that was 15 to 20 foot high. Former US Navy aircrewman here. On New Year's Day 1993, our crew was the ready alert crew. The ready alert is exactly what it sounds like. If anything happens and they need to send a plane up to check something out, one plane is ready to launch at any time to do so. We were launched on a search and rescue mission to see if we could locate a sailboat that had been overdue for a few weeks in the North Atlantic. During our flight the weather was miserable. The sea was nearly white with foam and ice. I personally saw numerous waterspouts and I remember just thinking to myself, those poor bastards." Maybe if we'd have been sent out looking for them soon after they were reported missing. But not now. Not in this. We're not gonna find anything. We spent eight hours searching. We never found anything.